welcome. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Damn it. We are not good at this. Um, oh welcome God. listener, dear listener to our very first attempt. Well, that's not even true, but our very first podcast, <laughs> our pilot episode, hopefully, uh, of Twitch's A Twadcast. Welcome. Uh, I'm Sienna. I'm Alexa. And we're twins? I mean, we're people also, aside from being just twins, but we are twins. Most importantly, we're twins. Less importantly, people. Twins everywhere immediately tweet at us. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, we're twins. We're sisters. We have spent uh, pretty much our whole lives together, right? Yeah, minus like a solid 11 minutes towards the beginning. But other than that... I hear that 11 minutes really sucked. So Really? Because... <laughs> that, when was dad you, yeah. <laughs> that when mom and dad told you you were the favorite mm, i was always the favorite um so welcome to our podcast uh where we're gonna talk a little bit about magic yeah so um basically our our premise our plan for this podcast uh is we want to kind of explore different types of magic in pop culture and kind of um evaluate them from uh, our two different perspectives. Alexa, you want to talk about your perspective on magic? Sure. So I probably would categorize myself as uh, more of a skeptic than Sienna. I think I am open to discussing magic and (laughs) I am a great fan of many things magical and sci-fi um that being said um i'm not the, i'm not practicing magic i wouldn't i'm not quite there so that's where i'm that's where i'm at yeah um and i mean i think even from the perspective of like i am quite a bit more into this stuff um i still wouldn't i would still classify myself as like very low ranking on the scale of being a witch um but i think also that's kind of um the point of it is that it's sort of an endless journey and you know hippy dippy stuff where you can learn forever um about everything because there's tons of different types of magic in the world um or at least i don't know i like to think there is i I would like to think that we're both fans of magic um we're just at different levels of magical belief yeah Honestly, it's just 2019, and if magic doesn't exist, then, like, why are we doing it, you know? Why are we even here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we're going to try and use this podcast to talk about those things and discuss magic and discuss pop culture and be weird um, sisters together on a microphone, or two of them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first one we're going to do, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is Practical Magic. Practical Magic. One of the greatest films. Of all time or all specifically time. the magic genre, do you think? Oh, um, well, probably one of my favorites of all time. No? I, I mean, mean, it's a very good film. It's very good. Cry every time. 
Oh, deeply we can enjoyable. Start, we could start there. So we both rewatched this movie to talk about it. Of course, we're going to do our research. Come with us on this journey, you guys. We'll take care of you. Um, <laughs> we both watched it. How many times and when did you cry? Oh, uh, let's see. I sort of uh, had like pre-crying going on, just knowing what's going to happen. It's like when you're watching Frozen and you know when the parents get on the ship what's going to happen and you already start crying. It was sort of that situation. Um, Probably, you know, and anytime there's like a strong sister moment. So we give it three cries, three cry movie. A three cry movie. Maybe four. Okay. Definitely three. Twice. <laughs> really? Are you, hey, are you good? <laughs> I look, let me feel my feelings. Hey, you know there's no shame in that, especially in our family. We're a weepy folk. We cry to express sadness, anger, <laughs> happiness. Our tear ducts are tears. just are basically never <laughs> fully closed, you know? I mean, it's good. Okay, so then when did you cry? Was it just kind of like a low-grade crying the whole time, or were there specific moments? Oh, definitely specific moments. Feels like we should do the um, plot overview oh, of yes. this before we get into specific you uh, talk crying about moments. You cried in the movie? I think that should be a weekly segment. <laughs> I mean, it could be a weekly segment. Movie, book, uh, television series. When did you cry? What level of a cry? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Super upbeat podcast we got going. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you guys, we're not going to sit here and apologize for crying. If we do that every episode, we're never going to get anything done. So True. let's dive in to what Practical Magic is about. Yes. Um, I thought we could play a kind of game. Um, you and I have played it before. Uh, it's called Netflix v. Amazon v. IMDb. Very good. Bringing it over from the last pod. Yeah. Um, This is where I read the um, summaries from Netflix, Amazon, and IMDb, and you try and guess uh, which one they're from. I'm so ready. Are you? I think one of them you're going to definitely (laughs) get. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Again, your options are Netflix, Amazon, and IMDb. Okay. In director Griffin Dune's romantic comedy, sisters Sally and Jillian are modern-day witches whose love lives are complicated by an unusual curse. Uh, Hulu. That's not an option. Netflix, oh. Amazon, I agree. <laughs> Sorry. I like the confidence you came in before you. <laughs> okay. Cooled. Wow. Okay. Can you read it again? Yes. I'll try again. <laughs> In director Griffin Dune's romantic comedy, sisters Sally and Jillian are modern-day witches whose love lives are complicated by an unusual curse. IMDb. No, that was Netflix. Damn. Okay. okay. Shake it off. I'm, this is the one I'm very confident you will off. get. Shake it off. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have confidence. You can definitely get this one. Your mm-hmm. options are Amazon and IMDb. Mm-hmm. Sexy superstar Sandra Bullock <laughs> and Nicole Kidman heat up the small screen. These, quote, bewitching, in quote, sisters use their hereditary gift of magic to overcome obstacles in discovering true love. Oh, man. 
Amazon? Yes. Of course <laughs> the douchiest one is Amazon. Amazon. Sexing it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final one, which is IMDb. Two witch sisters raised by their eccentric aunts in a small town face close-minded prejudice and a curse which threatens them to prevent them from finding lasting love. Okay. Very even keeled. IMDb. I feel like sometimes like yeah, fans IMDb get in and get there. It can be a bit of a <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Not to worry, they did us all right this time around. Um, but yeah, basically that's the plot of the movie. We got two sisters, um, Sandra Bullock, who plays Sally, and Nicole Kidman, who plays Jilly or Jillian, um, who I always want to call Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. It is Jillian with a G, so yeah, rational. Um, um, yeah, and they uh, basically their family is cursed by a love spell or a love curse. Um, because their great, 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 great aunt, (laughs) (laughs) great, great aunt. Yeah. Uh, was left with pregnant and alone. So she was like, nobody will ever find love. Honestly, that part is not as important as you would think it would be. Yeah. I mean, they do kick off the movie with a full, with the great pilgrim hats, Salem witch trials style drama. Which is buck wild because the the first scene is them getting ready to hang this woman, this witch, and they just don't. She just walks out of it. And then everyone's like, oh, she does magic because she's a witch. So she just walks out of it. But I just think it's kind of a wild setup. (laughs) Like, they're going to hang somebody in the first minute of this movie. Just kidding. You guys forgot. This is called practical magic. I mean, that would have been a real bummer for a kickstart on a I feel romantic like that comedy. Would be how the 2019 <laughs> Practical Magic ended, though, you know? Mm. Or started, rather. Strong disagree. You can't start a rom com no matter what decade you're in. From Do the you 90s consider this to movie to be a rom com? Um, I consider it to be a, sis- a sister com and okay. then also, like, as a subgenre of rom com. But it's all about love i was trying to figure out while watching it i feel like this is a fantasy movie i mean you can have a rom-com in the fantasy genre but when i think fantasy i usually think unicorns and the whole shebang witches would you say would witches fall under that normally okay you know what we're gonna save this for the end section of the podcast (laughs) where we debate each other on different points of this movie i've just added it to our notes we're gonna talk about this but first Let's get through this. Let's get through talking about um, this movie and the magic within it. Because uh, I feel like we should both have a really well educated stance when we take our debate at the end. Okay. Um, First, so- wait, can we do a quick, a quick sidebar to discuss uh, the perfect cast of this movie? I know we've talked about Sandy B um, and Nicole Kidman, but there is also um, Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing in a, just her hat game is Perfection. a plus. Her shawls game Umbrellas. is a plus. Diane Weiss, we have another um, amazing hat game. Baby Evan Rachel Wood. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Um, it's really wild, this, this movie. Also, to oh. uh, stats on the film, the budget for this movie was $75 million. That feels like a lot. Do you want to guess what the box office was? Um, in 90s dollars or today's dollars? Trick in question. 90s I dollars. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
hundred million dollars. Sixty eight point three million. It lost <gasps> money at the box office. Ooh, this was a flop. Wow. This movie was a wow. flop. Which all the good ones are at first. Okay, but do you want to know something even more interesting? Yes. One of the reasons that it's presumed that this movie was a flop in the box office is because the director, Griffin Dune, which if it's Griffin Dunn, I'm sorry, um, he tried to hire a witch onto the set to have her as like for backup information and to like fact check them. And she ended up cursing the film. <gasps> what? And then- That's not and, real, really? And then even more buck wild, a few years later- he went to another witch to get cleansed from it because he was like, it was just like, I'd rather be safe. <laughs> Sorry. And now the movie is like a cult classic. Wow. Wow. That's wild. Is that not totally wild? I mean, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So <laughs> it's, it, it was a whole thing. He like brought her onto the set and then well, this is admittedly his side of the story, um, but she like ended up kind of going off on them and doing like uh, doing like hexing them, like like mm. yelling at them and hexing them, uh, like the part in the movie when Evan Rachel Wood goes, "I give you chicken pox," or whatever she said, the kid. Um, Don't who, point. Who like well deserved it. So yeah, absolutely. And also, what a great visual gag later in the movie to have mm. that kid come back with chicken pox. Genius. Loved it. Wow. It's such a good movie. If you guys have not yet had the chance to watch Practical Magic, honestly, there's a part of me that like is like, pause this, come back to it later. Um, go watch Practical Magic. It's very, <laughs> very good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting that this movie was cursed and lost money at the box office. And then after the director was cleansed, now it became like a hit. And arguably growing as a hit every year. You know, I feel this movie has like hit a new stride as I our feel, generation has grown into adulthood, you know? Yes, especially around Halloween time. I feel like you can always find it on some, you know, ABC family 30 days of Halloween or whatever countdown. Yes, you can tell we both definitely have and watch a lot of television. (laughs) Um, We do, but only when there are witches. So (laughs) that's what you guys signed up for. It's very specific content. All right. um, But the other thing that I wanted to talk about was, oh, I wanted to do a soundtrack check-in because the soundtrack for this movie is phenomenal. Oh, so good. Not just, and not just the hits, not just Faith Hill's This Kiss. <laughs> but also definitely Faith Hill's This Kiss. But also definitely that um, it's got strong, like, lady power artists all the way through. But, yeah, but even the, the actual soundtrack to the movie, I mean, as soon as I turn it on, I can hear the opening strains of the practical magic music that they play in the beginning and the end. It's very good. Yes. It's very good. And weirdly enough, sorry, I have another interesting fact about that (laughs) because that the music that we hear was not the original soundtrack music. What? Really? Yes. The first pressing of the soundtrack that came out was done um, by, so the original soundtrack was done by Michael Nyman, but he was they they nixed it because they were like uh, it's not like 
cheery enough. It's not like yeah, because it's a rom com. Yes, but he was like he had done like art films and was more European, and so they brought in Alan Silver Silvestri, who did the one that we know, and the other movies that he's, hey, the other movies that he's known for having made the soundtrack to, Alexa, well, that'd be 1998's The Parent Trap and 1999's Stuart Little. Wow. Wow. That's an iconic grouping. Yes. So, but definitely a vibe there. They clearly knew what they were doing when they transferred the soundtrack over. Wait. But you saw the the Lizzo, Lizzo's Instagram post where (laughs) she takes her her the phrasings of her song from truth hurts uh where she says you could have had a bad bitch <laughs> instead of non-committal she has Stuart little <laughs> yes oh yes i love that meme very good <laughs> you could have had a bad bitch Stuart little this is frizzle my personal favorite um okay little fiddle <laughs> uh yes but i wanted to talk about the soundtrack just because I think it's an amazing soundtrack. And mm-hmm. also because interestingly enough, so Stevie Nicks has a couple of songs on the album and mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow does her backup vocals during those songs. What? Yeah. Anyway, I just think the this movie, every step of it is really, um, for being directed by a man with what I'm sure was mostly men behind the scenes, uh, this yeah, movie does a great work. job of capturing like, the power behind feminine relationships, you know? So here is my small qualm with that, which would be, does it pass the Bechdel test? I mean, even when they're talking, they're kind true. The plot of the movie is all about how they can't fall in love. And when they fall in love with men, the men die and it's tragic but it does feel like they spend all of their time talking about either the new love interest or uh nicole kidman's boyfriend that they murdered (laughs) i can definitely tell you it does pass the bechdel test because the scene where the ants take sally and jillian after their mom dies they talk about how doing about doing magic and jillian's abilities of magic versus sally's abilities of magic it still is it still is pretty but Pretty it's dude definitely. focus. Oh, but. and I mean, we can talk about this at some point, but the entire uh, Sandra Bullock's love interest, or second love interest in the movie, um, he's basically, they like... Aiden Quinn? Yes, but they basically just kind of are like, well, we have to make sure that he's involved in defeating the bad guy. Like, really unnecessary. He could have just little, been Sandra Bullock's bit. eye and ear. and He could have had a bad bitch. <laughs> Stuart Little. Nailed it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So I thought uh, after we transition from kind of talking about the topic and talking about practical magic as a whole, could talk about specifically the magic that's in practical magic because they use a lot of different types of magic in practical magic. That is definitely true. it's, It's pretty interesting the stuff they choose to do. Obviously, I think there are lots of things that they do that we'll probably end up talking about uh, at later times in other films or books or movies or um, television shows that do it better. So I don't really want to spend a lot of time on them, but just kind of like they use crystals. Nicole Kidman has a tiger's eye necklace. Oh, um, you know, I didn't even think about that, like of, of tiger's eye being, you know, like a Oh yes, tiger's eye. Stone. 
I mean, tiger's eye is, is a very powerful protection stone, um, which also like they talk about the moon and they talk about how, what different things with the moon mean. And they talk about Mm -hmm. herbology is like a big part of this film because they, as you mentioned earlier, um, Sally is opening a, um, an apothecary. It's called Verbena, which is like a, a commonly used magical ingredient for um, like purification and protection. And one of the major plot points involves them poisoning. Yes, with Belladonna. Belladonna. Yes, Yes. a very powerful um, magical ingredient, as it were. Um, But like I said, I think those are going to be things that we we see in other media that is maybe done better. These aren't like thoroughly well researched, just kind of like references, essentially. You know. Well, I think that kind of works with the movie because the idea is, you know, magic is just a part of their lives and they don't think about it too oh, yes. hard. They but I just... think there are very like, spe- there are ma- there's magic that's specific to practical magic. Like, for example, um, the beetle, right? Like, mm-hmm. practical magic. And yeah. it's called, uh, so it's called a Death Watch beetle. And the first time it like it, the Death Watch beetle goes like way, way back in history, um, and has not necessarily been related to like who you fall in love with. It's I did not know that it was a real thing. I thought it was just a practical magic. Thing. Okay, ready? Get this. The first reference to the Death Watch beetle is from 1818 in John Keats's Endymion. Wow. Then we have Henry David Thoreau and Mark Twain. Like the Death Watch beetle has been long referenced, and some people think. It was the inspiration behind um, Edgar Allan Poe's A Telltale Heart, right? Because it's like creepy sort of knocking, as it were. True. I'm like way out of my depth here, but like beetles (laughs) and like ancient Egyptians and death, I feel like were also a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of one of the reasons that I find their use of this in this movie so interesting because like, again, I think like crystals and reading the moon and stuff like that like that is something that's used pretty frequently this is a very unique and interesting choice you know like it it clearly has roots in in history you know like this beetle has its weird place in history and I think it's interesting that they chose to bring it into this movie you know Mm -hmm. that's one of my like most soul-crushing moments in the movie is when the death beetle is ticking away the the ending moments for Sandra Bullock's first love interest slash husband played by Mark Fowerstein. His name is Michael. His name's Michael in the movie. Um, And oh yeah also you might know him from oh shit. Royal Pains. Pains. Royal Pains. Characters welcome Royal Pains. Um, he also has a great turn on BoJack Horseman. Oh, and West Wing. So two of my favorite shows. Um, wow. Yeah, so good for good for Mark. But he does get annihilated like right in the beginning of this movie. So by a bus. By but a I will on truck. That the the weird almost comic nature of his death paired with the very real emotion that Sandra Bullock is going through in that scene when she's like tearing up the floorboards and like trying to get the beetle oh it's I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it it's absolutely Mm heart-wrenching oh and then we find out again if you haven't seen Practical Magic maybe 
maybe stop because we've actually spoiled quite a bit already. <laughs> Let's go ahead and put a, a blanket disclaimer that when we talk about things, we're going to spoil them. That's, that's a very good point. How, you know, that's true. That's Every single episode, we're going to talk about something and we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So if you're into that, come through. But also just a weird other um, type, again, I feel like these are more like references to magic than they are like actual magic within practical magic. But um, one of the weird like mini references that I didn't even notice, I watched that movie probably, probably somewhere in the 40 times range, 30 to 40 times range. And I never noticed that the dog that is following Michael right before he gets hit by the bus is a very big shaggy black dog, which and as any Harry Potter reader can tell you, is all <laughs> <The> grim. <laughs> yes, often dark black dogs who are like menacing and follow you around the time of your death are very common in magical history. That is pretty much all the way up and down. Like we got Greek, we got medieval, like everybody was into the idea that a giant black dog around you was probably going to kill you. Oh yeah. I mean, that's biblical, right? Um, totally pulling this reference from just having watched, uh, what's the Neil Gaiman show on Amazon? Oh, uh, Angels and Demons. Yeah. Yes. Is that? No, that's not it. No, that's the Dan Brown book. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Watching something like Angels and Demons, though. (laughs) Don't tweet at us. (laughs) Watching that that um, Neil Gaiman show on Amazon, and they have good omens. Thank you, universe. We didn't need. (laughs) Um, and they've got you know it's the the hound at the end of times that you know heralds the end of times or whatever i don't know but look we can definitely do the bible for one of these episodes if that's what you're trying to do i just think it'll take us some time to get through it i mean (laughs) yeah no thank you stay tuned anyway um so i think the two like big magical things to me that are so unique to practical magic one of them being the death watch beetle the other one being of course sandy b's true love spell oh yeah that's a good one so uh the this true love spell is as claimed in the film is called amas veritas really straightforward yep um it's not based in any sort of real love spell that i could find um but I think that's what makes it, again, so unique to this movie and so unique to the, the movie itself, you know, and the story itself. Um, the True Love Spell. Alexa, do you want to read this or should I read it? Uh, you go ahead and read it. Okay. Um, he, will he-, <laughs> he will hear my call a mile away. He will whistle my favorite song. He can ride a pony backwards. He can flip pancakes in the air. He'll be marvelously kind and his favorite shape will be a star, and he'll have one green eye and one blue. That's the spell. Pretty unique. And, and, and supposedly she, a shit ton of rose petals. Yeah, she throws in some, some plant matter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to seal the deal. But here's, here's my question with, or the problem with love spells, isn't it always consent? Isn't that always the... Well, and that's, interestingly enough, I feel like this movie simultaneously tries to address that and also does not address it and at it all. And it just doesn't address it. Yeah, that's, I think what 
could have probably helped if there was some element to her love spell that he did not meet. Um, so if they, you know, at the end of the movie when she's all, I won't know if you'll stay just because of my love spell. And You'd be like, you obviously my favorite shape isn't a star. This is just my job. It doesn't. <laughs> I am just a sheriff. I just have a star, <laughs> but I don't like love stars. That would have been, that would have sort of helped the case. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's always the problem, isn't it? And again, with a Harry Potter reference, but you know, the problem with love spells is always, is consent. Consent's yeah. important. You guys don't cast love spells, please. <laughs> Honestly, uh, if we could just blanket y'all, maybe that should be how we close out every podcast is just like, hey, don't cast love spells. Don't cast love spells. <laughs> Not a yep. good idea, you guys. We yeah. t- they, talk, they talk about it in this movie, you know, like we see the, the powerful and dark side of love in this movie. Uh, yes. Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock kill and reincarnate. And then kill again. And then kill again. Um, Nicole Kidman, Jilly's partner in the film. Yes. Um, um, done so arguably justifiably, you know, don't kill people, but also he was an abusive sack of poo yeah it was he was he was gonna kill them i believe yes we're meant to believe and then once he's brought back to life and they attempt to kill him again uh the 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 magic he possesses after that is very dark and super powerful you know i think we all love the midnight margaritas scene but it's pretty messed up you know it is very messed up actually now that i think about it i feel like practical magic really does touch on all those big powerful magic themes i mean i guess i never really thought of it as a a movie of themes but it talk it you know hits on the don't bring people back to life you know classic trope in magical stories uh the you know don't you know, love spells, you d- you can't control love spell, like they're dangerous, watch out, that sort of giant theme. All these bigger themes that sort of occur throughout magical stories. Oh yeah, this movie is good. It's so good. <laughs> I can't believe it didn't, make, it didn't make money. It I mean, I guess I can because at the box office. <laughs> Look, Listen. what can I say? People don't want to watch movies about powerful women, you know? But now we know that to not be true. Yeah. Now we know that was all a lie the whole now time. Now we know those are the only movies we want to watch. <laughs> well, it's actually really interesting. Um, in the same interview that uh, the director, Griffin Boones, um, talks about hiring a witch, he also talks about um, kind of the magic that he wanted in the movie. And I think it's really interesting because despite the fact like what we talked about where it's like they have so many wide different types of magic from broom magic to apothecary magic, you know, like there's a million types of magic in the movie. But in the interview, he says, um, I grew up in a house with a strong mother and my grandmother. These were formidable women and my sisters were no slouch. So I had three generations of formidable women. And when I got that into my head, I realized it's not as much about the spells and spell books and all that. It's about a legacy being passed from one generation to another. And that's like how he designed the movie, which I think shows because that movie is, it's littered with generational relationships, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, despite the fact that Sandra Bullock's kids are totally useless in the movie, like, they're basically there to 
to express that like idea of like generational magic and passing that from one to another. I do love it. I love the idea of like different different magical strengths in the different sisters. You know, Nicole Kidman does her her palm reading and Sandra Bullock's a little more on with the uh the potion making and just, you know, I like it. Oh yeah, it's a good movie. Um yeah, but so there's a lot of magic in this movie and I think it's done really well. Uh so I guess now it's <laughs> It's time for us to try and enter our third section of this podcast. Welcome. Come into our third, the third room in this podcast. This is a podcast hallway. Uh, It's like a podcast shotgun, right? We just, it just keeps going back. There are just more rooms. There are just more rooms. No hallways and a shotgun. Just one room right after the other. One room after the other. So we're, we're just now leaving the magic room. Everybody wave goodbye. We'll be back. Uh, And we're, we're going to move into uh, the debate room. Ooh, yeah i imagine we just walked into a room it's just two podiums and a million pictures of sandra bullock and nicole kidman i mean is it like my goals room or is it like- <laughs> <laughs> what if on one podium is nicole kidman and on the other podium is sandra bullock and you guys welcome sandra bullock and nicole kidman to our- <laughs> <laughs> yes we have some um, serious weight to throw around in the podcast world if you feel like being one of our sponsors let us know Actually, what if one of the podiums is Nicole Kidman and one is Sandra Bullock? Like, their picture's taped on it, and we have to choose to stand behind one or the other. Which one are you standing behind? I mean, I think this is tricky because I think you think you're Sandra Bullock. Am I not? I think you are. (laughs) I just think I'm more Sandra Bullock. I think we're just both more Sandra Bullock than we are Jillian's character, you know? I guess we both had Jillian Sally faces. Yeah. Look, I think yeah, we're just a mix. Look. Of both. <laughs> the point is that they're more powerful together. Let's push these podiums together. <laughs> wow. That was a beautiful moment, but that's not how debates work. So. Sorry, you're quite right. Um, <laughs> so there are a couple of issues that Alexa and I kind of see differently eye to eye on when it comes to this film. Um, and so I think we're going to just ha- just have some quick chats about it. Um, so I guess we could start first with the the controversial opinion you voiced at the top of this podcast, which is that you think this movie is a rom-com and not a fantasy movie. Yes. Well, uh, the central plot point is that the women can't fall in love with dudes. And when they do, the dudes die tragically. Why is that again? Why do they die? What makes them die? (laughs) Because of an ancient curse. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I guess I'm thinking that's pretty fantastical. I think you're, you're, I, I'm not saying it's not a fantasy and or magic genre. I'm just saying the overarching category is rom-com. It's all about love. Hmm. Counterpoint. It's all about <laughs> magic. It, okay. Look. Ready? Right. Wait, let me tell the story, right? So we open. It's a witch. <laughs> Literally the first thing we see is a pilgrim witch. We open. Oh, we open. It's a pilgrim witch who has been impregnated by one of the townsmen folk who does not come to rescue her and therefore she is heartbroken. It's all about Which is luck wild because the 
other thing they say is that she was hooking up with basically everybody. So, like, good on her. That is pretty crazy. I mean, I'm realizing we probably won't come to answers in any of this debate room. Um, but I think it's important I mean, we talk about Do we need things. answers or do we need winners? Oh, okay. I see how it is. <laughs> what genre is practical magic? Wow, weirdly, the first thing that comes up is comedy. I mean, it's a comedy if you're... Okay, if we have our two main categories, <laughs> tragedy and comedy, it would be a comedy because it ends in, you know, love well, and marriage. It gives, and- us, it gives us the top four, which are comedy, drama, romance, and fantasy. So technically, we both did get one-fourth of this film correct but sure the, but i got three out of four and you got four out of four so it sounds like to me like i won okay i don't know we don't have time for that <laughs> i think what's interesting and, here is and that- this is why i'm a sally and not a jilly <laughs> why is that oh um because she's logic and um right all the time <laughs> she's not right all the time her ants literally have to cast a spell on her to give one time of day to one person yeah that's true also she literally never leaves her hometown like oh, fuck that yeah look i'm not dying to be a sally i'm just saying they're archetypes <laughs> neither of us are either of them now this getting, is a debate corner. <laughs> this is a new debate corner in the debate room. I'm not getting worked up over this. I think we're probably going to get worked up over a lot of these. We can move <laughs> on to the next hot debate of, of this practical magic, which is, um, which is uh, Sally's husband versus uh, the cop. <laughs> okay, so the two, the two main love arc well for sandra bullock for sandra bullock yes um on the one hand we have michael that's sally's husband he uh is like a wonderful kind man who she has two children with but also uh the only reason they hook up is because the ants cast a spell on them to fall in love and then on the other hand we have aiden quinn whose character's name is Sheriff Hot Stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. No, wait. I actually love 90s movies. This guy's name is Gary Hallett. Gary Hallett. Yeehaw. From Arizona or New Mexico or wherever he was from. Um, So in this debate, are we choosing one? Are we justifying one over the other? Yeah. Do you have a preference? Um, Look, (laughs) I think on purpose, they don't really give Michael, her first husband, much of a plot point. He does die in the first 20 minutes. So counterpoint, he also gets the kiss to the Faith Hill song. So like who really gets character development, you know? (laughs) That's true. I mean, he's supposed to be just this, you know, ideal vanilla sort of every man you know I don't think it's I think it's supposed to be like oh they're in love because it's easy but also it's easy because it's a spell and you know 
whatever. I guess the real question here is less about Michael versus Gary. <laughs> because both of those are horrible. Yeah. So much as it is, would you rather be blissfully in love but under a spell and not aware of it or possibly in love under a spell and aware of it um i think i think the sheriff setup is is more legit honestly um i think he I think they're intellectual equals. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think that's fair to the I husband. But also, bit. that's, again, that's not the question now, right? Like, the question isn't Michael versus Gary. It's which would you rather be? Like, for me, I would much rather be someone who's blissfully in love and unaware they're under a love spell, even that's though I am under a love spell. Wild. You, but, like... <laughs> Like a blissful, uncomplicated love with without knowing that you're under a spell is just blissful, uncomplicated love. Like perception is reality, you know? Yeah, but where's the where's the agency in that? Perception is reality. You didn't choose to be in love. She didn't choose to be in love with what's his face? With <laughs> vanilla guy it was michael it was orchestrated michael and gary <laughs> yo they also she and michael popped out um two kids, so fast two kids in like three years like zoom zoom well practical <laughs> magic is based on a book and there's a part of me that's like maybe we should do the book at a later point to see if they if the timing of that makes maybe a little more sense oh yeah also well because- i don't i think the timing like does kind of make sense in a like some people do that kind of way it was yeah the 90s. i guess <laughs> anyway Honestly, what i'm saying is if somebody wants to cast a true love spell on me don't do it guys don't do it what did we do earlier no love spells come on lesson number one <laughs> Uh, Okay, which I guess leads us to our last and final debate, which is, hey, Alexa, do you believe in the magic of practical magic? Do you believe in in crossing brooms with your sisterhood slash phone tree? I believe that if you put enough belladonna belladonna in someone's alcohol that they'll die is that magic does is technically that witchcraft? he didn't die of the belladonna he died because they were beating him over the head while he's trying to strangle nicole kidman oh i thought it was like he died because she like super poisoned him no? i mean i think he was heavily intoxicated belladonna yes if you do a lot it will kill you but for the most part it's used more in like a sleep aid like it would have to be and she says um at one point in the movie she says like he should be he should be asleep by now and she's like you didn't give him enough and then sandy is like bullock is like i gave him enough yep um yeah but uh believe in the magic of sisterhood alexa your blood my blood (laughs) our blood 
Um, that's the part that makes me cry. So yeah, I believe in the magic of sisterhood. That's also why I am sitting here doing this dang podcast. Cause you love me. Cause I'm your sister. Yes. Your blood, my blood, our blood. Or <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wait, how long do you think it'll take for us to cry on this podcast? Oh, um, God, we're going to have to do. We'll keep a running tally. You can enter the pool by following us on Twitter <laughs> at twitches.podcast. We're also on Instagram at twitches.podcast. And if you want to email us, you can email us at uh, twitches.podcast at gmail, I believe. Send us some magic facts or ask us some magic questions that we yes, can Yes, we would love magical questions. Um, and if you have a magical form of media, if you have a book or a movie or a TV show about magic that you've always loved, send it our way. We'll add it to our list. We've got a growing list right now. We want to do this. We think it'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's our first episode, though. If it's not perfect, that's okay. If you think that this, uh, if listening to this like gave you faith that we'll do good research and have good conversations about things that you're interested in, um, come back next time. If listening to this gave you a headache because you can't tell which voice belongs to who, that's fair. <laughs> Do you think we should have started by being like, this is Sienna. This is what Sienna sounds like. I'm not sure it would have helped. That's a very good point. We can send it to our parents and they'll be proud of us though. And that's what we really care about. So That's, that's the real magic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, follow us, subscribe, come talk to us. We both want to talk to you guys. Um, Sienna more so than I. That's that is fair. You guys come talk to me. Guys, come talk. I'm to me. kidding. It's okay. The longer we do this podcast, the more people will get to know the nuances of the two of us and our two personalities. Sure. <laughs> or are we the same? We can be both. Mm. Like Sandra Bullock, like Jilly and Sally. They are better together and they are the same and also different pushes right. podiums back together. All right, let's <laughs> enter the wrap-up room. We've kind of already wrapped up. Um, but thanks, you guys, for listening to our first shot at this. We'll be back um, in a couple of weeks with another awesome project that we can't wait to, to share with you guys, another awesome book or movie or TV show that we will have done some good research on and have some good debates over. Yes, please. Okay, should we wrap up with our original tagline thoughts or should we wrap up with don't cast love spells um well first don't cast love spells um and second i would like to say uh to give credit for our name twitches for those that don't know um or for those that do know uh twitches is an amazing series of books about mm, twins who are witches it was also made into a disney channel original movie Two Disney um, Channel, two original, Disney movie. Channel original movies. Oh, uh, we can guarantee you right here, right now, on this episode, that we will be doing the books and those movies at some point. Absolutely, they were. I mean, the books, at least the movies, less so. I think we were maybe a little old when they came out, but the books were de- defining in terms of our uh, exposure to magical uh, female protagonist novels yeah because otherwise it was just lord of the rings and that's like a really bleak place to live as a lady (laughs) so many dudes um so yeah so shout out to that series 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and guys, hey, don't do love spells. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.